Sometimes when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see a photo that has a big old watermark on it. And watermarks kind of make me sad. And I don't think that they're the best way to protect your online content. In fact, I think it's an easy out that actually does your business a disservice many times. Why I think that is exactly what we're gonna cover in this episode of Ask Kiff. Hi, I'm Kiffany Staley, founder of The Artist JD, a place designed to add ease to the legalese of running your creative business. This week, I'm answering a question from Jennifer in Washington. She asks, should I use watermarks to protect my online content? I don't think watermarks are the solution. I think watermarks can be tastefully done and they can be done in a way that don't distract the buyer. But oftentimes, the way artists and other creatives use watermarks actually functions as a distraction. It makes it hard for buyers to see how your product would look in their home. It makes it hard for them to imagine what it would be like to have your artwork hanging on their walls. And when they can't imagine that, they don't buy. And so, while I think you can do a watermark in a way that's tastefully done, that doesn't detract from this, I think that oftentimes a watermark is going to actually discourage sharing, discourage buying, and that's not what we want. We want our work to be out there, we want people to be buying your work, and watermarks oftentimes are going to take away from that. But how are you going to protect your online content? Everyone knows that your copying will happen. People will share your work without your permission and sometimes for their own monetary gain. And watermarks aren't going to stop them from doing that. It may discourage them, but they have the downsides as well of discouraging our buyers as well, discouraging our customers as well. So what are you gonna do? So I'm gonna quickly run through five things that you can do. And if you want more detail on any of these five things, I've got a big old long blog post that I have um, created that goes along with this video that talks through each of these things in detail. I'm just gonna kind of give you a brief overview here, but dive into that post for more details on how to execute each of these five things. The first thing that you must be doing is registering your copyrights. Here in the United States, copyright is automatic, but enforcing an unregistered copyright is kind of like taking a fly swatter into a fight. It's not gonna get you very far. It may annoy people, it may discourage them, but it's not going to help you win the battle. And so registering your copyright needs to be task number one in order to protect your online content. It needs to be something that's really high on your priority list. In the blog post, I've also left a link to a course I've put together that walks you step-by-step step through the process of registering your copyrights with the US Copyright Office so that you have the biggest bat possible when you go into a fight with your copycat. The second thing you're going to do is reduce accessibility to your most important content. Now this can be done in a variety of different ways. If you, we are talking about course providers and information providers, maybe that's putting your most important content behind a paywall, a membership community, a thing that is only accessible once they give you your email address. If we're talking about art licensing, maybe the page that has the artwork that's available for licensing, you have to have the password in order to access that page. And so you know who you've handed out that password to, and so you can reduce who's having access to that content. 
If we're talking about an art licensing page, I wouldn't recommend uploading those high resolution files. Instead, you're going to want to put something that's high enough resolution that they can see it on their screen and understand what exactly it is, the artwork you're trying to license, um, and only be providing them those high resolution files once the contract is signed. The third thing is using what's called reverse searching tools. These exist both for text and for images, and they allow you to upload content, to put content into the search engine, and it will then go out and look for matching content online, either through finding those text phrases online or through looking and finding out where that image appears online. Now it's really easy to let this become your full-time job, and I don't want you to do that. What's most important to remember is while we can do certain things to stop copycats, we need to keep creating. We need to keep putting our best content out there. And so we can't let the threat of copying, the threat of someone using our work without permission, hold us back from putting our work out there. So while it's a really great tool to have in your toolbox, don't let it become your full-time job. The fourth thing you're going to do is take action if you need to take action. Things like a DMCA takedown notice are a great free tool that you have in your toolbox to stop online uses of your content being used without permission. It's an incredibly powerful tool that often is used inappropriately, but is a great tool when used properly to stop someone from using your content online without your permission. If it's offline content or if it's a really egregious thing, then you probably want to escalate not just doing a DMCA takedown notice, but sending a cease and desist letter. And so you'll take action when necessary. The fifth and final thing is that you just need to remember that copycats are always going to be two steps behind you. Copycats can only copy what you've created and put out there and that they know is resonating with your ideal client. Copycats can't come up with new trends. Copycats can only copy what you have already created. And so while it's important to take these four tools and to use them, the most important tool is to remember that you are creating for your ideal client and your ideal client loves you and your work and your ideal client really isn't going to go out and buy the cheaper knockoff product. Yes, other people may buy the cheaper knockoff product, but really they're probably not your ideal customer because price is their primary consideration. Your customer isn't concerned with price and only priced. They're buying into you and your story and what you're creating. And so it's important to remember that your customer loves you and what you create and you need to just continue creating and to continue to put your best work out there. So I hope that gives you some additional tools besides slapping a big old ugly watermark on your content to protect it online. You're going to register your copyrights. You're going to reduce accessibility. You're going to search using reverse searching tools. You're going to take action when necessary, and you're going to trust in your ideal customer. All of those things will help you continue to create and continue to reduce that stress about the copycat lurking out there. Got a question you want me to cover in an upcoming episode? Make sure you leave it in the comments below. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time.